Welcome to Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God, a production of Lion Share, a ministry that aims to co-mission with Jesus in making disciples of all nations. We ignite and provide resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. In our world today, there is more information available than at any time in history, but wisdom is in short supply. In this podcast, you'll hear how learning about the character and ways of God is a guide to wisdom. Hello, everyone. I'm Sonia Beerson, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm joined by Dave Buring, the founder and president of LionShare. Hello, Dave. Hey, Sonia. Well, when you founded LionShare, you were focused on the need for discipleship and a need for more intentional spiritual formation using the scriptures and personal relationship. So this season, we've been focusing on the character of God. How how are those two ideas related? Yeah, so for me, uh, if we are a disciple of Jesus, we've got to be able to know who he is so we can represent him well. And I think that's one of the things that you know, I keep coming back to is the reality is as followers of Jesus, we really haven't spent time in the scriptures. I don't, I don't like this word, but nothing else is coming to my mind at the moment, dissecting a little bit more of what it says about the character of God. And when I hit 40 years in ministry, six years ago, I took a full morning with my journal and just sat out in our little courtyard. And I was writing out, what have I learned in 40 years? And what kept coming to the top, Sonia, was, which you've heard me say numerous times, the image of God you carry around inside of you affects the way you live your daily life. And I kept coming back to how often I run into people and when we start talking about the things of God and the journey they're on or the challenges they're facing, I realize that their their understanding of God's character is just not scriptural. So therefore it's flawed. And, you know, like someone not long ago making the comment, well, you know, I think God's just dealing with me and judging me right now because I didn't have my quiet times. And I'm just going, whoa, whoa, whoa. God's not like that. And they say, well, what do you mean? I mean, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. I know that, but there's a thing called grace and mercy and patience. And and do you realize he extends those things to us and that he is slow to anger? And they were like, oh my gosh, no. And so when we don't take the time to understand some of these aspects of God's character, we're actually missing out on the opportunity to encounter him in a new way. So Dave, this season we've been talking about how some of these attributes of God are ones we don't talk much about, or maybe God is misrepresented or misunderstood, as in the example you just gave. So we're going to end a little bit on a hopeful note. (laughs) You picked today's episode topic, which I think is a great one to end our season on, God as Warrior. Yeah. Why? Well, I just think there's so many of us that are wrestling through challenging things in life right now that it would be good for us to realize that he is actually warring on our behalf. Like not just the angel armies, but God himself wars on our behalf. And I think that's really an important thing and an encouraging thing for us to embrace in the days that we're living. Okay, I'm going to ask you a really basic question. If God is God... Why does he need to war on our behalf? Who, who's he warring against? And, and if he's already won and he's God, then why, why does he need to war? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple of things. First of all, 
he's warring against the powers of darkness. The Bible teaches us that there's a real devil and there's real demonic realm, and he wars against them on our behalf. Like one of the things that's important for us to remember is that the you are really not the epicenter of the devil's targets. God is. Mm. He wants to use you, the devil wants to use you and me as chess pieces to try to do things against God where we don't walk in his ways and we don't reflect his character. So the world, you know, pushes him away farther. And we have to realize that if he can get after us, it really does impact the heart of God. And so I think God as warrior deals with that aspect of spiritual warfare. But I also think, you know, he wants to war on our behalf that we know it's it's another way of looking at God for us of he is for us. You know, I love that song, you know, the blessing song where that repeated chorus, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you. And I think that's something that this aspect of God as warrior helps us have maybe a little different perspective on. Yeah. So let's look at some scripture. Uh, the first first place I found where uh, where the Bible talks about the Lord as warrior is during that story of the parting of the Red Sea mm-hmm. and the drowning of Pharaoh's chariots, right? Mm-hmm. Exodus 15, 3, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. And this is Lord with like all capital letters, yes. yeah. right? Uh, and I, I, you do see that imagery a lot in the Old Testament mm-hmm. because the Israelites were under attack and, and they were at war. And sometimes we can kind of relegate it to that kind of physical war, right? Right. Right, but it's like Isaiah 42, 13 says, the Lord will go forth like a warrior. He will arouse his zeal like a man of war. He will raise a war cry. I mean, can you imagine, like, you know, we watch, you know, Braveheart kind of movies and that kind of, <laughs> could you imagine though when God sends out a war cry and, and you know, imagine the shudder that goes through the demonic realm and hell itself. And, but again, I just think, Sonia, it's one of those things that the Bible actually talks about that we rarely talk about. Yeah. Like, why would they even bother? That's kind of what I'm wondering. They, the, the, <laughs> the, the evil d- demons in the spiritual realm, like, why are they even trying it's called deception, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you, yeah, the enemy is so deceived and so, f- like the way I was taught early on is so full of pride that he cannot get out of the way of himself. And he's constantly looking to glorify himself, out-glorify God, you know, all these kinds of things. And I think um, when we think about God as warrior, it's not God, like, you're right. It's like if the enemy is the size of a period in our Bibles, and God is the size of the universe, it's still not a big enough contrast. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm holding my two fists up, you know, fighting with each other. That's, it's not that way, but it's like God fights for righteousness. God fights for his purposes. God fights for those that his son shed his blood for. And I think, again, this is just a different way of looking at how much God is for us. Yeah. Uh, I know you have a favorite verse in the Bible when it comes to talking about God as warrior. Uh, why don't you talk to us about that one? <laughs> yes, I do. So, and, and you have to read the ESV to, to see it this way, but it's Jeremiah 20, 11. And I, there's a, there, it goes on, but I just want to read this one part. It says, but the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Like, like wow, that's in the Bible. 
Like the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. I, I was thinking as we were preparing for this, Sonia, of like, how do you, like, how do you even capture something like that? And, and I, you know, defaulted to sports world language. And I remember when I was in junior high in, in the state of Minnesota, I was maybe no more than five foot four. And um, our junior high team played the rival team, but you never stood a chance because the, the guy on the other team was like six, two. Wow. And he went on, you know, to play at higher levels and all that kind of thing. And you're just going, Oh my gosh. And he was, his name was Carlton. Carlton was the dread warrior, right? It's like, he just didn't want, because all he had to do is stand there in the middle. They lobbed the ball up to him and he just turned around and dropped it in. And so you were losing by 30 and 40 points because the dread warrior was not on your team. And, you know, when you look at, at various things like that in the athletic, athletic world, you find in football and baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, you find the dread warrior that it's the person that nobody wants to come up against. But here's the thing that the dread warriors on our side. Right. So when you say dread, (laughs) great, great name. I need to rename one of my children. Uh, Dread Beerson. Like, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you pick which one I should rename. Yeah. But uh, so the Dread Warrior, are we talking dreadful or I am in dread of something? Yeah. It's just not a common word. No, what does it, it mean? it's not. It's not a common word. So, so in the language, it means the combination of these things, mighty, terrifying one, the brave one, the strong one, the mighty one, ever terrorizing awe-inspiring. So it's like, it's like all of that. And that's why for me, I think, Sonia, I kicked to athletics because there are certain players in history that they are, they're the dread athlete that it's like, oh my gosh, we got to play them again. And you just know they're going to come up big. They're going to win the game in the last minute because they're just who they are. And, um, and the thing I love about this is he's my dread warrior. He's your dread warrior. He's not, he's not, this is not dread warrior against me. This is dread warrior on my behalf. And in realms like I haven't even thought about in my life, where has he fought battles that I didn't even know were there because they never got to me? Like that's, that's heavenly stuff that when we can do the rewind and we have the time for eternity to watch that, we're going to go, oh my gosh, right? Uh, it's interesting because actually one of my favorite verses that that contains that word warrior uh, is, a, is a little frame that someone gave me that I actually had hanging over uh, my my kids uh, diaper changing table. <laughs> I don't know why it was there, but that but that's where I put it up. And it's uh, Zephaniah three seventeen. Oh yes, uh, the Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exult over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Maybe I wanted that quiet part. He will be quiet in his love. <laughs> but what I love about that this verse is that it's not Terminator Warrior. No. Right? It's no. it's not just the dread warrior side, you know, where you're just, you know, put your foot down and you squash all the ants. Right. There's a there's a there's a side of the of God as our warrior who delights in mm-hmm us like like it's almost like he wants to war on our behalf because he he delights in us we bring him joy uh 
warring on our behalf actually is a source of joy yes. uh, for him. Yes. So I, I do think sometimes we can think about these things purely, you know, thunder and lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but there's the other side, yeah. which is very consistent yeah. of, of who God is. Exactly. And I like I think of the illustration, Cheryl was, was reminding me of something uh, not long ago as we were talking, how when our grandson Baron was little, maybe three or four, and they went to a playground. And he had a ball. I don't remember if it was a soccer ball or a football. And uh, he was looking for kids to play with. And uh, and that happened. But then at some point, the kids took over. And Baron couldn't get his ball back. And so Dread Nana <laughs> <laughs> stepped in and just said, boys, this ball belongs to Baron. You're welcome to play with him. But if you're not going to play with him, you need to give him the ball back. And Dread Nana, you know, <laughs> stepped into that moment, you know, and and it's like I think it, I think there's pictures that we can paint like that. How it's you're right. It's not just she didn't come in to step on them to harm them, but she just brought truth to the matter on behalf of somebody she loved. I think that's a T-shirt. Dread Nana. Dread Nana. <laughs> <laughs> you can get that now at Lion's Share for nineteen ninety nine. Uh, So, you know, when you look in scripture, you know, God is referred to as a warrior, but there's a related name, Lord of hosts. Mm. And I remember that's come up so many times in the Bible, but I I really didn't know what that meant. It didn't really mean anything to me, Lord of hosts. So, so I looked it up as we were getting ready to, to, to do this episode and it was Lord of hosts, which is the the visible and invisible angelic hosts of armies, yeah. uh, often called, you know, Lord Almighty. So it's Yahweh Saboeth, I think, yep. is is mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lord of Hosts is actually a bigger deal than than it sounds, I guess, you know, in English. Yeah. Right. So Lord of Hosts, there's verses all over the place. So uh, Jeremiah thirty one thirty five. thus says the Lord who gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of Hosts is his name. Uh, you know, I there's nothing more than nature, right, which can can help us understand power yeah. and the extent of of mm-hmm. how large and how great and awesome uh, is the Lord of Hosts. What what does Lord of Hosts mean to you? Yeah, so um, I I think of two things. I think of the hosts of heaven. You know, I think oftentimes we don't um, consider how populated heaven is. How mm-hmm. many are there? But I also like the primary one for me is um, angel armies. And, you know, like, for example, here, Revelation nineteen eleven to 16, it says this, Then I saw heaven, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And then listen to this, And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one but himself, that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the word of God. And then it says this, And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. So kind of picture that as I'm reading this. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, which which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty, and on his robe... And on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. 
I mean, that's like, that's just like strong. Mm-hmm. You know, the warrior of heaven with angel armies. It's like, and you know, and I, I know for me, Sonia, I can sit here and go, well, then why the heck is all this crap going on in the world? Why doesn't he just step up and, you know, unleash those angel armies? And that's a great question. And it's one of those things that I think we have to wrestle with and realize that he releases those angel armies, I think, more than we realize. I just think we don't often look in the right places. Mm. And we're not looking at what happens in our lives through supernatural lenses. It's kind of like, you know, Elisha, when the servant comes in and is panicked because there's all these horses and chariots that are out here for us. And then he prays that his eyes can see and he steps out and there's tens of thousands of chariots of fire in in and around them. And, and I think we have to remember that when we're walking through the crap of life, the discouraging moments, the things that just want to suck the life out of us, that God as warrior is there standing ready with his angel armies to fight on our behalf. That alone can can flip a switch inside of me if I just give myself a few moments to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's connected to what we were talking about uh, in our last episode about consuming fire. Yes, right. It it goes back to that idea of where where is my focus? Where are my eyes? And I think you said something that's interesting. You know, sometimes in our faith we get so self focused. Mm-hmm. That it's true that God is warring on our behalf, meaning my behalf. Yes. But there's also the larger story, yeah. the larger picture. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for us to understand that I can be the apple of God's eye and I'm also part of this larger thing that yeah. he's uh, aware yeah, of, totally. knows. Uh, it's it's so hard because we 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 are so self-focused yeah. or or focused at least on the people that we care and love. Yeah. So the timing means a lot to us because of what's going on in our individual lives. But as it pertains to the world and to everything going on in history, how he's orchestrating all that, we we can't. It's, it's too big, right? We can't grasp yeah, it. Yeah, we can't grasp it. And I think, I think one of the other pieces in this, Sonia, that's an important thing is um, it's like seeing in scripture how um, the Lord sends angels to do things. Uh, and again, this is often t- a topic that we don't touch a lot on, but in Second Chronicles 32, verses 20 to 22, we see this. It says, Then Hezekiah the king and Isaiah the prophet, son of Amos, prayed because of this and cried to heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who cut off all the mighty warriors and commanders and officers in the camp of the king of Assyria. And it goes on to describe that. So it's like there, it's like the commander uh, sends, and it, and it just says an angel. It like, he don't, you don't need all the angel armies here. We just need you, dude, <laughs> right? And so he just sends one and boom, it, he cuts off all the mighty warriors and commanders and officers in the entire camp. And I think we just have to remember that like, like, so, so let me flip this on its head a minute. If God has us going through something, we've got to trust him that there's, I'm sure there's more, but at least there's one of two things going on. He's either using this to do something in me or he's using this for us to partner with him to bring a breakthrough in whatever's going on. And and that's how that's how I have 
like when I was a younger guy, how I was discipled to think about things. It's like, first for me, it's always, okay, what are you doing in me? But then secondly, is there something you're doing here where you want to use this as a breakthrough? And therefore, we've got to lean into this thing. And I think that's where, Sonia, sometimes we can just be so busy or life is a fog, you know, that we don't stop to to realize that. But but like just those of you that are listening, think of a tough moment that you're walking through right now and pause to consider, okay, what are you trying to do in me to bring glory through this little jar of clay? Or is there something you're asking me to do to bring a breakthrough or change transformation in that situation that you have me in? Either way, it's going to require ongoing seeking of him, ongoing obedience, ongoing trust. But I think that's where whether it's it's God the warrior wants to act on my behalf in me or on on his behalf through me. It's like that's a whole nother way of looking at life. And then and and instead of and I found myself, you know, recently bogged down a little bit and the Lord needed to give me a nudge to help me help me be reminded of this. And as soon as that nudge was there, boom, everything cleared and it was like, okay, let's go. Let's go. And so I think that's an important pause for us to make. Otherwise, we're going to miss getting a little taste of God as warrior. Yeah. I think the idea of God as a warrior and the Lord of invisible angelic armies, you know, it can be so comforting and empowering when we're going through tough Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think it can also lead to us having a warring mentality, Mm -hmm. right? Because there is a lot of language in the Bible that feels very militaristic and us versus them and and fighting and battling. And... I feel right now that we as Christians think we need to be at war all the time. Yeah. Uh, You know, not just, you know, spiritual realm and, you know, things like that, God warring on our behalf, but in culture, in society, we we have this um, fragrance is the warmth. We have the stink on us (laughs) of, of being at war all the time. Yeah. Talk to me about that piece. Is that something that I'm just sensitive to or are you, you noticing that too? Yeah, no, I agree. And it's like, the thing that bothers me about some of it, Sonia, is where I see um, Christians warring, let's just say against culture, for example. And, and is there some things we should be standing for and walking? Of course there is. But the thing that bothers me about it is we're always seen as angry and versus winsome. And that is a, that's an issue for me. And I, I believe that the way, like the Bible says that the, you know, the kindness of the Lord draws men to repentance. That speaks to me more of relationship, ministering in the opposite spirit versus just diving in and going toe to toe. Because what I've noticed is when you when you you allow your flesh to take over and you start kind of praying prayers that are like God get him prayers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know that there's a little bit of a timeout for me on that. It's like okay, I, I get I get. I can get that, but there's another side of it that is if you're if you're trying to pray in the will of God with an angry heart, there's a timeout that needs to be taken there. And I, I don't like um, the way that we're being perceived right now in, in our own country as Christians because it's just they're really just people that are always mad and they're always – you know, got some cultural issue they're going after. And, you know, and I'm the first one, and, and you know this from 
walking with me for years in lion's share, it's like we disciple people who serve in society so they can make a difference in society. We want to see that, but the lion's share approach to this is more, let's pour the things of God into someone that God then, like a Daniel or Esther, places in a role that then when they're in that role, they can be a godly influence in that role versus just kind of throwing grenades and running. And and I think there's a piece of that that we have to look at. So yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because as we talk about God as warrior, we're not talking about that. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this in a different way. And by definition, if God is warring on our behalf, am I called to war as well? Right. I mean, I think that's that's a question that we have to pray for and yeah. ask for, be released, you know, about being obedient to our Father. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a passage here that I like too in Psalm 1834, and it says, and I learned this when I was like 19 or 20 years of age, and it says, he trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. And I think it's important for us to look at when we say God trains our hands for war, I think you first have to start with spiritual warfare Mm -hmm. and recognizing like, so maybe just off script here for a minute is realizing that Things happen first in the spiritual realm before they flesh out here on earth. And so it's important that that's why prayer is important because it's like, Lord, how do you want me to pray for this? So is there is there literal things that we could stop from happening in our country and the nations of the world by listening and praying? Yes, there are. Are there things where God says, no, I need to bring this? And then we get in behind what he's doing. Of course, then that we do that. But it, it again, I think it requires a dialing in relationally to the Lord so that we can at least like have a glimpse of what he's doing. Because I often feel like, gosh, I wish I understand understood more. But if I could just get a glimpse, at least I can pray in that measure. Yeah. And I think in the end, it's very clear in scripture that the battle is the Lord's. Yes, repeatedly. In the end, we know who the victor is. Yes. So we don't have to get all you know wound up all wound up um if the do we believe that the battle is the lord's that that's kind of what it comes down yeah. to for me yeah because we don't have to be so discouraged if we know the battle is the lord so I, i'm just going to read you a couple verses here this is not just sonia saying this yeah all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the lord saves for the battle is the lord's and he will give all of you into our hands first mm-hmm. samuel seventeen forty seven. Uh, a prophet to Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, mm-hmm. but God's. And that that does, that gives me comfort, it gives me peace, and it gives me pause to, to ask, wh- what is my role? Yeah. Uh, you know, we know what the outcome is. So what is what is my role? What am I being called yeah, to? That's exactly right. And I think we've got to come back to where we live in our relationships, in our vocation, in our community. What is What are the obedience points for me here? And because God is the only one that knows how things topple. And he might ask you to do this piece and he might ask that person to do that piece and someone else is, is doing this thing over here. But the Lord knows if each one of us is being faithful to the 
commissioning he's given us, it will topple things that need to be toppled because ultimately he is the warrior. And can I just say this? He's undefeated, (laughs) right? Right. And, And it doesn't look like that to us. But that's where we've got to say, okay, God, what are you trying to do here? How do you want to glorify your name in this? And I think we just need to learn to better cooperate with our warrior. Well, I hope this season has been illuminating and encouraging to all of you as you go through your Bible, as you read, and you come up against, you know, you butt up against some of these attributes of God and you go, I don't, I don't understand this. Uh, I, I encourage you to go deeper. Right, We have so many tools and resources available to us as Christians who live in this country that there's no reason why we can't uh, go a little deeper. And so if, if there's something that you'd like us to talk about uh, on this podcast in the future, because you're saying, hey, I, I really want to get Dave's take on this uh, because I'm, I'm struggling with it, or I just feel like we don't talk about it enough. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please send an email to info at lionshare.org and you know, I've been asking all season for you all to rate and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts, and I'd like to congratulate Aaron Wong. Yes, I saw that. Thank you, Aaron Wong, for writing us a wonderful review. And being honest, we are going to send you a gift. I'm saying it out loud on the podcast, wow. so you can hold me to it, Aaron. Is this, is this that free trip to Hawaii? <laughs> Uh, uh, maybe a free trip to the ice cream store. Uh, okay, I, I got something in mind for him, so <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll I'll send it to him and his beautiful bride, Christy. Yes. yes. So uh, thank you for that. The rest of you, if you have not done it yet, we would love uh, for you to rate and review us and help us kind of get get the reach of this podcast out to a few more people. And can I just encourage you? Sonia's been encouraging you throughout this season. Take some time and get our devotional. You know, go to the go to your app store and type in Lion Share Leadership Group and you'll see like a white um, app there with a golden lion on it. And on there is um, a daily devotional, it's just two minutes a day. And if you go through it in a year, you'll you'll hit 101 attributes of God's character three to four days each. And, and plus, then next year, in 24, you'll have um, leap year, and so you get to do God's humor, <laughs> which is a one-day one. So, But anyway, I just want to encourage you in that because it will help you um, really renew your mind from Scripture about what God is really like. Yeah, start the day thinking about um, who God is and dwelling on it. Uh, I love it. All right, thanks everyone for joining us. Thank you, Dave, and uh, enjoy your summer. Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God is a production of LionShare, a ministry that ignites and provides resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. To learn more about what we do and how we can help you, please visit lionshare.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. Thank you.